0: Hey Arjit, uh, welcome to our podcast. And uh, uh, today we have Arjit, and he's working in uh, uh, Wink Music, right, as a product manager. And uh, he will be sharing his uh, ideas, thoughts, and knowledge with us. So let's just start with our first question, which is usually our first question in every podcast, and that is, can you share your journey with the audience, like how you started and from where you started, all that?
1: Sure. Uh, so first of all, Deepanshu, thank you all for having me here. Uh, it's uh pleasure being here so um, yeah I mean my journey has been really interesting so I did not become a product manager by accident like a lot of product managers have uh, you know say this that they've become product managers by accident but that's not my case I became a product manager because I wanted to become one so anyway so my journey actually started from college where I was doing power systems engineering and you know, I never really enjoyed what I was studying, right? And so, I I, I was always interested in you know, graphic design, web design, UI, and, and coding stuff like that. So I used to do all of the all of that in, in my free time. So one thing led to the other. I, I discovered the amazing world of uh, UX design, and got my first job at a startup uh, as a as a front end engineer did a lot of things over there, uh, you know, was there for a couple of months and then moved to Xigo as, as a UX designer called the UX designer. There I actually came across the first product manager that I ever met. And that is how, you know, my, my interest or passion towards product management was developed. I mean, I met this person and, you know, I was heavily influenced by the kind of work that he was doing and I wanted to do what he was doing. Right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's how it started. That's how, you know, I, I took another leap of faith and, you know, I, I joined GoIbevo as a product manager for the mobile platform and then, yeah, I was there for a couple of years, you know, uh, then joined housing.com uh, uh, as, as a product manager, led the visualization team and, you know, was there for about two years and then most recently I have joined, uh, like you mentioned, Pink Music. So yeah, that's kind of my journey. a nutshell.
0: Okay, so can you just uh, uh, clear the air about who is a product manager? Like uh, most of the things revolving around product manager is like uh, very foggy, uh, very unclear. So can you just clear uh, the air about who is a product manager and what does he do? What is the work? And uh, further, down, uh, further in the question, uh, if you can also answer like how you can become a product manager, resume tips, etc. So all that things. Um, yeah, I think. Uh... Product management is one of
1: the most uh, vaguely defined roles, I would say, uh, in, in the tech in the industry. And the reason for that is, you know, it varies from company to company. It varies from role to role. So, you know, you might see a very generic description of a product management job. But then, you know, you go there and you realize, hey, I'm doing something completely different. Right. And that happens a lot uh, because it is, you know, product management is about dealing with ambiguity. Right. So, the way I like to define product managers is um, a product manager is a person who um, identifies what's the best problem to solve at any given point of time brings every single stakeholder in the company that they're working with on the same page aligns them with a common vision and you know uh, you know, uh, and, and figures out what's the best possible way to solve that problem right so that's, that's what, that's how I like to define a product manager, essentially a product manager is a problem solver and he or she is the voice of the customer in the company. So yeah, that's how I would put it. Mm-hmm.
0: So the next part is, uh, how would you recommend? Like what are the tips or uh, tricks that you would like to share with the audience? Like, uh, for example, if a student is in college, how should he proceed? Or if he's a freelancer and he wants to become a product manager. So how should he proceed regarding that?
1: Right. Uh, the the key thing of getting into product management or becoming a product manager is to understand whether you actually want to become one or not and that i think a lot of times could be understood by the fact how curious you are right mm-hmm. um it only depends on your cur- uh, curiosity levels like right? you know if, if you're asking you're always asking questions why is something working like it is working right why, let's say, why is Instagram like this? Why is Facebook like this or any payment or gateway? Why does it behave like that? So if you're asking these questions, if you're curious, then, then probably that's an indication of, you should, uh, get into product management, but that's not, you know, uh, that's not, uh, like a hundred percent indication, right? So I think someone who would want to take ownership of things, you know, who would want to sort of own things end-to-end and solve problems, uh, that person would, uh, you know, be a great fit for a product manager, right, uh, for a product manager. Role. So it comes from the inside. It's like, you know, uh, you, know you, you like working with people. You like to, you know, bring everyone on the same page and, you know, align them with a common vision. you like, you're a visionary, right? A product manager is always a visionary. Right? Uh, he or she gets excited by talking about any kind of products. So I think, yeah. Uh, that excitement towards uh uh general products and and uh the the ability or or interest or passion of bringing every single person on the same page and lining them with a common vision being that visionary person mm-hmm. and obviously being curious enough uh could be indications of uh, you know you, you should get into product management all right uh in in terms of uh, uh, degrees, I would say, you know, it doesn't really matter, right? You know, I, I mean, look at me. I'm, i I was a power systems engineer, right? and I don't have an MBA degree or, or a proper CS degree. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it, it's really not that important, right? It's it's all about do you really want to become a product manager? So, yeah mm-hmm. right.
0: So, any resume tips uh, for the people uh, like uh, yeah. who are in uh, tech or, or working as a marketer or, or uh, any other background?
1: Right, uh, that's a great question, actually. So uh, I've, I've actually seen a lot of product management uh, product manager resumes, and, and one thing that I realized is is common is you know they talk about the projects that they've worked on. That's fine, and you know you have worked on a lot of projects I understand But what what was the impact that you created? Right, that's what matters. Right, you know I could simply write that okay I did X Y Z, and you know it led to. Uh, a 10% increase in conversions. That is what, you know, is important in a product management resume because at the end of the day, the only thing that you have, you've you've got to show is uh, how much, what metric did you move or how much did you move it by, right? What kind of impact did it have on the company? So that's what's important rather than you know talking about all the different projects or the technical specifications or what you did doesn't really matter at the end of the day. What matters is you know, what impact that you've made. like, you know, you should have numbers in your resume. That's very, very important. And you should be able to, you should actually highlight those numbers so that, you know, recruiters or hiring managers can, uh, you know, simply glance through your resume and catch a hold of those numbers. So, yeah. Uh,
0: so can you just uh, share your interview experience with Wink? Like, uh, how was the interview experience specifically for a product manager?
1: So, uh, generally product management interviews you know, have, have the same structure uh, in, in a lot of, in most companies. Uh, so there's something called product sense questions, you know, where, you know, you are given uh, a product, uh, you know, you're given to improve a product or you've been given a problem statement, like, okay, just for example, you know, how would you design and alarm clock for the blind, right? That's, that's a product sense for product design question. Right. Or how would you design a camera for the elderly, right? So these are like product sense or product design questions. These, these kind of tests, you know, the, that, that, uh, you know, the ability to think deep and ask the right questions. Right. So it depends on a lot of things, customer segmentation, you know, what kind of product are we exactly looking at? Are we building digital products or building physical products? A lot like it sort of, you know, gives the interviewer an idea of how broad can you think and then how deep can you go? Right. Mm-hmm. So that's the idea of product sense questions. Then the most common question is, um, the metric based or, or the product analytics question, which is a very important part of product management, by the way. Like once you've launched launched the product, Mm -hmm. it does not end there. You have to analyze it. You have to own the success and failure of that product. If if it is a success, like how successful is it? Or why was it a success exactly? Mm -hmm. And if it's a failure, why was it a failure? And how big a failure is it? Right. So I think. Uh, uh, product analytics or metrics question could be something like um, let's say uh, Facebook is seeing a 15% drop in engagement right Mm
0: -hmm.
1: how do you diagnose that problem right Mm -hmm. and and the interesting thing about this is you know uh, a lot of people just jump into the solution they start by you know uh, okay these could be the possible reasons but you have to sort of narrow down your scope right you know first define engagement what do you mean by engagement and how, how long is, has this been happening? So again, it's, it's about asking the right questions. That's why, you know, initially I mentioned, you have to ask, you always have to ask questions while, you know, uh, being a product manager, it becomes really important. Like you have to clarify, uh, the scope of the problem and you have to identify, narrow down and then finally arrive at the right, uh, uh, root cause of the problem, right? So another, uh, type of problem that, you know, is given during an interview is a product strategy question, which is essentially let's say why did microsoft acquire linkedin mm-hmm. that could be a possible question or uh, what's the next venture that zomato said should get into right mm-hmm. so these could be product study questions is sort of uh test your um you know business sense or business acumen basically like how do you think or are you generally aware of the industry or not or you know, do you consider uh, market competition user requirement everything right? So again, it's, it's about, it's about thinking out broad and thinking, thinking broad, and, you know, then going deep into scoping the problem. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, we have these technical questions, which are like simple system design questions. And, and you know, how, how do you think, uh, Twitter's architecture works, mm-hmm. right? Something like that. And, and, and then the finally, estimation questions, like right? mm-hmm. How many ping pong balls can you fit into a bedroom, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, these are the different, uh, different kinds of questions that you would face in an interview, but generally you, you face the first two, like product sense and product execution on analytics. The rest are kind of dependent on the different types of
0: companies. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So since you have already told uh, our audience like that uh, degree doesn't limit you from being a product manager, right? So uh, can you just explain how, uh, what is the significance? Like moving on further down the line, uh, can you explain the significance of a uh, product management in early to medium-sized startups uh, versus how the product management works in big firms like Wink, uh, etc.
1: Right. Um, so uh, that's an interesting question. So the way it works actually is, you know, in smaller startups, you know, at first product managers are not required. The CEO of the company is the first product manager, right? Mm-hmm. In, in smaller startups, right, mm-hmm. early stage, and. You know, when they scale a bit, that's when you know product managers are required. Okay. And so, uh, in, in startups, what happens is you have a lot of ownership. You are, you are looking after, uh, of like the probably the entire charter of the product, right? As a product mm. management, right? So you know, with smaller startups, I would say the ownership and you know, uh, the fact that you know you're leading the entire product is, is is something that's really important. You know, it's it's very good for people who are uh, you know, getting into product management, uh, you know, they, sh- they should start from startups, right? The reason being you get on a lot of things, right? In bigger firms, what happens, you become a product manager for a particular charter in, in, in inside the entire product, right? And the, the, the bigger the firm is, uh, the smaller the product you're working on, right? Uh, probably, you know, at a, at a company like, uh, you know, Google, maybe there would be like four or five product managers working on a very small feature very small sub feature of a feature. Right? Mm-hmm. So that's how it, it, it's different in, in a startup versus a larger company.
0: All right. So can you share some strategies or uh, some trip uh, tips that uh, you might have used or you recommend our audience to use uh, to just acquire good amount of users with good quality? Yeah.
1: Um, I think uh, user acquisition uh, is Getting quality users is really difficult, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's how I would put it. I mean, you can acquire like tons of users, but they might not be quality users or the kinds of mm-hmm. users that you want. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, the one advice or one tip that I would have is know your audience, right? Know who your target audience is, know who you are building for and try to acquire those customers. It's, you know, blindly acquiring every different person, every person in this world is not going to work, right? Mm-hmm. you are not going to be a quality users because you don't know whether or not you know, whether they are actually users of the product. So Mm -hmm. I would say identify your users Mm -hmm. and and, let's say, you know, you're building a product for teenagers, right? So Mm -hmm. sending, you know, uh, marketing campaigns or, you know, mailers to every single person would not help, right? You know, Mm -hmm. you might avoid users, but they might just churn out after a certain amount of time. Mm -hmm. So identify your users, optimize that funnel and, and, you know, uh, then try to acquire users, right, mm-hmm. because and, and also, uh, you know, your value proposition should be very clear, right, why would a user download your app or why would a user buy your product, right, you know, the value proposition should stand out really clear, so two uh, tips that I would give is, you know, identify audience and, you know, be very clear with your value proposition to acquire real good customers, mm-hmm. so, yeah.
0: uh, Can you share some example, like of yourself, uh that you have used uh, to acquire quality users so that we can get a little bit more clear idea
1: right uh yeah that's a, that's, a, that's a good question so um so housing account we were working on a project uh called uh we we're working on a project called uh, you know, uh, Co living right mm-hmm. so I mean i I wasn't the product manager leading this product uh, it was a of product but I was a part of it right So, um, you know, we thought that co-living was, uh, you know, for everyone, like every single person, you know, every person who was on a budget constraint might be a user of the co-living feature. But we did a lot of user research, uh, especially the design team, they call, they used to call up users, you know, to the office and they used to talk to them. And then they figured out, it's, the co-living feature resonates more with, the younger audience, right. And, and, uh, people who are in, in college or who are just starting out in their job, right. Where budget is not a, the only constraint, but it's also about, um, being belonging to a community. Right. So that's how, you know, th- that's when we understood that, okay, this is the audience that we should be targeting. And, and we built our entire marketing campaigns and you know, product around that uh, that audience segment and we made sure that the value propositions that we presented, mm-hmm. uh, were related to that group of audience. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's one example. Okay.
0: So just, does that answer your question? uh,
1: pardon that does not answer your question.
0: Yeah, yeah. Sure. Uh, but let me just, uh, give the gist of what you said that basically all in all, you should know about your audience, right? Yeah. You should know who yeah. your customer is and your uh, marketing campaigns basically should be customized to uh, that audience only and not for all. Right, all right, exactly. all right. that's
1: how you require quality. Customers.
0: All right. So see uh, bringing quality customers or quality uh, people for your product or your platform is one thing and keeping them on your platform is another thing. Another thing like uh, most of the marketers, the aim of the marketers is to like improve the CLV, the customer lifecycle value. So Uh, For that, you need engagement, right? The users coming on your platform and leaving the platform is of no use. It's just waste. So instead of whining about that, uh, that the users are leaving a platform, uh, according to you, what should you, what do you recommend uh, our audience or the other marketers listening to this podcast that they should do in order to increase the engagement of their product?
1: Right. That's a a good question. Uh engagement is a very tricky uh, you know piece uh, it, it actually varies from company to company right? uh, mm-hmm. so or engagement or, or retention you know uh, it is, is a very tricky piece so the way I would put it is uh, you know identify value added services right so for example at Wink you know it's about you know when you start listening to music can we make recommendations and show the music that the kind of music that. You know you actually like that that appears on your home page right mm-hmm. or or can we send notifications uh based on the kind of music that you listen to right that's what's going to bring users back to the platform right so that's what we heavily focus on once you've downloaded and you know have uh listened to you know a few songs on the platform right with something like housing.com it becomes really difficult to engage users because you know if you look at mm-hmm. the entire life cycle of purchasing or even renting a house it's very short right mm-hmm. So let's like say you start and you probably go through this three or four month process. And then you finally make a decision to rent a house. Right. Okay. And that, and that's when you sort of, you know, stop using the platform, right? Because you've already, uh, you know, uh, established or you've already achieved your goal through the platform. Okay. Now the idea is to figure out, can we provide any value added services, uh, on top of what you're already offering. Right? Okay. So for example, in case of housing, uh, they had recent, they had sometime back, they had launched something called rented view. Right. So you know, identifying one of the key problems is is you know uh, every every person who's renting they require rent agreements right? and you get benefits on top of it, right? Okay. So uh, these are two examples. Like you know, there could be others as well. Like uh, for for uh, buying, right? You know, services become really home services become really important. So you know, can we tie up with partners that provide home services? Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, uh, for for low engagement products, look at value-added services on top of. Uh, what you're already offering and for uh, something like it, you know, Netflix or, you know, uh, uh, Wink Music or Spotify, it becomes really important to understand what the user is doing on the platform and, and uh, send them communication or show them products that they can relate. To. So, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So, uh, there is one thing. Uh, like I have speak to a few product managers and uh, one thing they pointed out. So I just wanted to like uh, discuss this with you. What is the importance of communication for new product managers? Like uh, you're a product manager in a company and you might be interacting with different teams in the company. So what is the importance or the, yeah, basically the importance of communication skills uh, that a product manager should have?
1: Right. Um Communication skills are probably the most important skills that a product manager should have. Reason is you are basically um, managing, I mean, I wouldn't say managing, but you have to influence people, right? Mm-hmm. You have to sort of, uh, you know, uh, align people with that common vision, like I mentioned earlier, and that requires like, like tremendous communication skills, right? You have to be able to put your message across the board and you have to, you know, uh, tell them across the table, uh, put your uh, message across the table and you have to tell them that, Hey, we should be doing this. Mm -hmm. And you will get a lot of questions, a lot of pushback. Like, why should we do this? Why should we we, be doing this? And the way you tackle that, the way you handle that is, you know, having great communication skills, because communication is at the center of product management, right? Uh, You know, you're, you're unblocking people. You are, you know, making, you're moving things right. You're moving a particular metric, you're moving a particular team, right. So that's why communication is really important. And, you know, uh, both, I would say both written and, uh, and verbal communication is really important. It's not like you, you can be good at one and you can sort of, uh, not be good at one. You have to be, you know, good at both, you know, to uh, be a good product manager because it's all about communication. But, yeah.
0: All right. So, uh, Arjit, you might have designed many products or uh, helped uh, many people design, uh, design the products. So, according to you, uh, like, how do you measure the effectiveness of product? Like, uh, for example, you made some changes in the product, right? And uh, now you want to test it out. Like, is it working or not? So, can you list some generic, uh, like, metrics that you would see? Of course, you can't be specific, like, every product is different, but still, if you can list out some generic uh, metrics to see.
1: Right. Uh, that's a good question. So, uh um... The way I see it, you know, it totally depends on the goal, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, I cannot, uh, you cannot simply talk about a bunch of metrics and say that this applies to everything. Like you mentioned, Uh, so I actually like to start from the goal. Okay. What is the goal of the feature of product that we're building? Is it acquisition, is it engagement, is it monetization, right? Mm -hmm. So depending on the goal, uh, you know, you set these metrics, for example, you know, uh, you launch a feature that is To acquire a lot of users, so probably look at uh, you know, things like number of unique users uh, that have installed the app or have used this feature, and what percentage of them are retained on the platform after let's say uh, M0, M1, like that. Mm -hmm. So that's that's kind of a goal for acquisition with engagement. You know, a lot of things happen like you look at daily active users, you look at monthly, weekly active users, right? Uh, you see how many or time spent on the platform. Right. Mm-hmm. So again, these form like the bunch of, uh, these, these fall in the bucket of engagement metrics, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, for monetization, again, you know, the core goal is revenue, right. So let's say, uh, number of subscriptions sold, uh, in a, in a particular month, right. Or number of units sold in a particular month or, uh, the monthly recurring re- revenue, if it's a SaaS based business, right. So yeah, things like this. I mean, it, it totally depends on the goal of the, uh, product or feature that you're building. And generally the goals are like acquisition, engagement, or, or monetization. So, yeah, mm-hmm. so That's how I
0: all right, got it, got it. So according to you, like, uh, nowadays, uh, the, uh, the trend of uh, developing the product like is changing. For example, in uh, due to COVID outbreak, uh, how do you think the product is changing or like uh, for example you would recommend that the product should change like what transformation should one bring uh, in their product to like uh, yeah just uh, like for example to create a successful product I would say like be like uh, for, like while developing the product one how should one be prudent in their approach
1: <laughs> um, so you know uh, specifically talking in terms of uh, COVID I, I would say that you know two things that you know one thing that people miss uh, during covid times is people are you know uh, going out like we used to mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and the other thing that uh, i wouldn't say people miss but you know is, is in, in the minds of people is you know, uh, scared, uh the, the the fear of you know uh contracting this virus mm-hmm. so i would say you know the way it's evolving the product development products are evolving is you know can you build products that you know build some kind of human connection or establish human connection between two people right or, or a group of people right or or something you know a product that you know uh, uh solves a problem without the user being physically present there right so for example you might have noticed that uh you know during this covid times uh you know delivery apps have taken a, a you know a, a, a huge uh bump in their acquisitions and engagement uh, people have started uh, you know getting ordering their groceries online people have started ordering food online a lot and people have stopped going out right right so again uh so the two ways i see products evolving is uh products that sort of build that human connection or connect people are going to take off and products that uh you know help people solve a problem without actually being presented mm-hmm. is going to be the other product uh, the other other category of products that
0: so, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, so how do you see the current products changing? Like, for example, a product is already in the market, already be already stable in the market, and due to COVID, uh, how should you recommend that they change their product? Like, what essential or key transformation that their product should have?
1: Right. Again, uh, I mean that's again depending on the product that you know, we're talking about. Right? So, uh, for example, in case of Wink. Uh, 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 you know, we, we build something called, uh, the big stage where, you know, we, uh, there, there's a lot of, uh, a, a lot of artists come and perform, uh, and you know, you get to watch them live, right? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of, and, and it's, it's, it's like an entire community. Like, you know, you, you're commenting, you're reacting uh, on the, uh, on the live show itself. And, uh, probably the artist is going to call out your name, right? Mm-hmm. And so that, that's kind of building that human connection, right? So you you're. You're, you're feeling uh, belongingness, right? You're feeling that you belong to a community, right? So that's what we did. In in housing, what, uh, you know, it becomes really difficult to, you know, buy or rent an apartment without actually going there, right? You have to have that human connection. So, uh, something that, you know, we built that housing was uh, a video calling, uh, right? a video calling integrated inside the housing uh, product, right? So you can actually directly talk to or have video calls with the developer, as developer like you know, brokers or sellers, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and we focused heavily on the VR experience, right? Mm-hmm. So I I let the visualization experience, like I said. So we you know revamped and relaunched mm-hmm. and you know heavily marketed on our VR products, right? Mm-hmm. Giving the entire walkthrough experience, mm-hmm. right? So it was kind of solving the problem uh, for a user without them being physically there. And in the second case you know i think uh, is, is an example where you know we made users feel and belong to a community so
0: yeah all right all got right, got right so uh, can you just uh, like we are moving towards the end of the part pod- podcast so can you just explain a day in the life of a product manager
1: uh yes so um the day of a product manager is really interesting. Uh, one thing that I would say is you have a lot of meetings right? Yeah. in a day. You probably have like on an average day you would have like four to five meetings at least, right? Yeah. And that can go up to like maybe seven or eight meetings or 10 meetings. In a day, Right. So there have been days where, you know, I have been jumping from one meeting to the other, right. And my entire day, is too, my entire day passes by and I'm not able to do my work. Right. <laughs> So, and, and that, that's, that happened because, you know, like I said, you know, product managers are unblocking people, they're making sure everyone is on the same page and, and they're moving the different parts of the uh, team to help build that product, right? And that's why you need to interact with a lot of people. And that's where, you know, like we talked about earlier, communication comes in, right? So as a product manager, you'll have a lot of meetings a day. Uh, so the idea is to streamline data process, right? Other than that, I would say, you know, uh, uh, looking at metrics, you you have to be like in constant communication with your product analytics team to figure out, okay, how product is performing on a day-to-day basis, or maybe you launch a new product. So you have to monitor your product. So looking at a lot of metrics, looking at a lot of analytics dashboards is something that you might be doing on a regular basis um then when it comes to building new products you know you'll obviously be like writing specs you'll be explaining everything to your team and you will be brainstorming but i think you know the average week of a product manager is, is full of meetings and looking at a lot of metrics right mm-hmm. so yeah I, that's how i would put it
0: all right so can you just uh, list some interesting aspects of being a product manager whether it being the uh, life or whether it being the profit Ah, uh, profit not uh, not profit, but whether it being the monetary benefit of being a uh, product manager, or uh, like those interesting aspects of a product manager and the growth opportunities for a product manager. Right.
1: Um. So the interesting thing about product manager, uh, product management, is that you know no two days are similar, right? You know, mm-hmm. uh, you, you face a new problem every single day, right? Uh, one day you know you meet with a lot of people, you solve a problem. The next day, you know maybe the dev team starts developing it and they encounter a new problem right so then you start working on this new problem so that's really interesting that's the most interesting part about product management you know every day is a different day you get to work on new problems Mm -hmm. right Uh, so that's what I would say is the fun part of product management right and um, uh, coming to the next part of the question uh, um, you know it's it's, uh, it's it's more about I would say um sorry what was the last uh, second part of the question sorry i think the I,
0: uh, second I, part yeah. uh the second part was the uh, growth opportunities for a product manager
1: I, yeah 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 so uh, regarding growth opportunities i think a product management role can be both financially and uh, professionally rewarding right? mm-hmm. uh financially rewarding in a way that you know you have to become a good product manager if you are a good product manager You you automatically, you know, if you're looking at salary or if you're looking at equity, maybe or something like that. So if you're a good product manager, if you have a lot of work to show that you've made a lot of impact, you know, you automatically end up getting good salary, you end up being financially rewarded, even at your current company, right? I think at the end of the day, it boils down to, you know, uh, grow professionally, try to grow in your career, try to come out of your comfort zone and uh, push yourself that not only makes you uh, that not only makes you grow professionally but since you're growing so much professionally uh, you know, it's also going it do sort of uh, have an effect on your financial growth as well so yeah that I, I I would say that they run hand in hand so yeah mm-hmm.
0: so the last question would be uh, how do you think the product managers are evolving like uh, for example uh, how are they a few years back and how they're going to be like in the future and Is it something that is going to die in future? Like, for example, uh, like automation has killed many jobs. So do you think there is a chance of like uh, cutting down on jobs or the opportunities for a product manager? So basically the evolution of product managers and the future growth.
1: Um, I think that the one one thing that is not going to change ever is a product manager is the voice of the customer in the company. Mm -hmm. Uh, A product manager, you know, knows what the customer wants. A product manager knows what kind of problems that a consumer or customer is facing, right? So that is one thing that will never change and I think you know automation can bring in that I mean but it's going to take a lot of years right because you know the the strongest uh, uh the strongest uh I won't say skill but you know the strongest card that you know product managers would have in their entire deck of cards would be empathy. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, like putting themselves in the shoes of the user, empathizing with them and understanding what their challenges are. Right. So I think uh, the way product managers can evolve is to be deeply, uh, you know, to be able to deeply empathize with the user, Mm -hmm. right. Uh, Understanding the user, getting deep into their requirements, getting deep into the challenges and problems that they face Mm -hmm. is something that's going to uh, keep product managers relevant. Uh, in in, in the industry. If they stop doing that, I think, you know, they're going to get irrelevant over time. So, yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: So, would you like to end the podcast with some notes or tips for uh, people who are looking to get into product management? Like, some resources Mm -hmm. or books or anything that you would like to share with them?
1: Right. I think there are two parts to it. Like, first, uh, is you're actually getting into the company or or interviewing, right? Mm -hmm. And, there's actually becoming a good product manager. So there there are different resources available, uh, you know, uh, for both these things, right? So if I were to recommend, let's first talk about the interview process first. Uh, If I were to recommend good interview uh, material, then I would say, you know, uh, there's a book, very famous common book called Tracking the PM Interview, right? It kind of describes uh, everything, like, you know, it covers everything, like, from uh, how the interviews are structured, what kind of questions can you face, how to pose those questions. Mm-hmm. So that kind of prepares you for the interview. And if you want to go uh, a bit uh, higher, uh, you want to go a, a level higher. Then there's uh, decode and conquer, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, can, you of, uh, can
0: you spell
1: that decode, again? Can you spell that again? Decode, decode and conquer. Okay. So D E C O D E decode also. Hmm. Yeah. decode mm-hmm. and conquer. It's by Lewis C. Lim. Uh, he's a pretty uh, big name in the product management industry so yeah for interview i would say that you know uh, study uh see how you can break down problems think about uh you know uh, think about a, a, choose a product and and try to come up with uh you know how you would solve a problem in that particular product don't start with solutions that's the biggest mistake that you can make right start with the problem and for it's always said that falling out with the problem not the solution right because once you identify the problem, uh, you know, you, you can, you have the ability to get really creative and, and understand those actual pain points and solve all of those actual pain points. Right. If you jump directly to solutions, what's going to happen is you end up doing hundred different things and probably none of them are going to work, right? right? So that's about the interview part and uh, becoming a good product manager, I think uh, one of the books that I would recommend is The Design of Everyday Things, right? That kind of tells you. Uh, I know, uh, ha, ha, how do, you know, it, it basically talks about design thinking, right? You know, how do you build products or design products, keeping in mind the customer empathy, like how do you deeply empathize with your customers, how do you you're actually building products for them and not for yourself. So understanding customers that is going to help you become a, a good product, a good product manager. The other one I would probably recommend is, uh, you know, zero to one, maybe by Peter Thiel which is kind of, you know, uh, which will sort of make you understand and and make you get in touch with your uh, entrepreneurial spirit. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, uh, other than that, I think Hooked is also a good book that I read. And There's uh, the lead startup, which Mm -hmm. sort of teaches you the agile uh, product management process, you know, uh, 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 fail fast and learn fast like that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. These are the few things, that resources that I would recommend. Other than that, I think Google is also a really good source. You can Google a lot of things and figure a lot of things out. So, yeah.